Actually, every block in Mimblewimble is just one big coin joint. So we get that privacy improvement there for free. And in addition to those fancy privacy features, you also have the scalability. For traditional Litecoin, in order to validate the blockchain, you have to download every transaction in history. With Mimblewimble, uh, you don't need all that old history. You do still need parts of a transaction. So it's not like an exponential improvement on scalability, but it's uh, about a third or a quarter of the size initial block download. Hey everyone, I have the fantastic pleasure of speaking with the one and only David Burkett. How's it going, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty great. Um, I've been meaning to talk to you for quite some time now because um, for the longest time, it seems like, on the whole, um, Litecoin's development roadmap was very Bitcoin-based, whether it's backporting mm -hmm. and things like that, or whether it's doing some things earlier than Bitcoin, like SegWit. Um, and when I, uh, I kind of heard about Mimblewimble and the whole boom of whenever that was when Grin and Beam and all them came out mm -hmm. and it seemed like I didn't investigate too much at the time. And then there was like a, a little bit of a flash in the pan, like a lot of hype and then people stopped talking about it abruptly. And then I saw, of course, that it was, you know, coming to Litecoin and, and that kind of piqued my interest and, you know, since it's been kind of a poking around in the background, kind of investigating, looking at stuff, downloading and using some Mimblewimble wallets for other cryptos and things like that and, you know, experimenting around. And so um, it definitely is something that um, I think uh, it piques my interest and it's definitely one of the more unique uh, value propositions, I guess, for Litecoin. So I wanted to kind of, I had basically questions I couldn't answer on my own, so I decided to reach out. So uh, Real quick, would you mind just quickly introducing yourself and what, what you do? Yeah, so David Burkett, I'm the yeah, lead developer for Litecoin. Um, we we had you know the Mimblewimble extension block project went live a year ago. Um, it's like a two or three year project. Um, and so I've just been supporting it. I mean, that's I also do a bunch of things around mining and other stuff, but uh we're here to talk litecoin so uh yeah and web is is my main focus on, on litecoin um we you know we have it live for it's been alive for a year now um but uh we have very little usage because we we lack some of the um some of the like infrastructure needed for for using it in um light wallets and mobile wallets and those sorts of things so um you know I'm, currently focused on trying to, to gain adoption to, to backfill some of those more useful features. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so would you mind really quick explaining what Mimblewimble is and how is it different from like a standard blockchain architecture like a Bitcoin or Litecoin regular chain? Yeah, um, so normally for um, regular transactions on, on Bitcoin or Litecoin, you would have um, like when you, a, a transaction is just, it's like a pointer to old transactions, um, to old coins on the blockchain that have been unspent. And, and those are called like your inputs. You just like say, hey, I own this input that has, you know, say 10 Litecoin in it. Um, and it was sent to this address that I know, you know, I, I know the key for. Um, and so you can gather a bunch of those up. So you have one with 10, one with five, whatever. And then 
I want to send you say 12 Litecoin. So then I create a new um, coin on the, on the chain um, that sends 12 to you and then sends the rest back to myself as change, right? And so with Bitcoin and Litecoin, the addresses for all that are all public. Um, if you reuse an address, you can see all the outputs, all the old coins um, that belong to the uh, same user. You can see all the transactions they were involved in. Everything's public. Um, you can see how much uh, is in that wallet. Um, if I spend, you know, say I have a million dollars in my wallet and I buy six dollars worth of coffee from you, depending on which coins my wallet chooses, um, when when buying that coffee, you could find out that I have a million dollars on my wallet just by buying a six dollar, you know, item from mm -hmm. you. Uh, so, you know, all this stuff's public because you, you basically open up your wallet with the transaction, you pull out some, some bills and then you send some to you and then the rest back to yourself has changed. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's just, it's all very transparent, which, which makes it audible, which makes it secure, which is, you know, makes it work, but um, it isn't very practical. Uh, and it's, 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 you know, there's some dangers with that kind of radical transparency in your day-to-day -day yeah, financing. Uh, nobody wants to be advertising how much they have when they're walking down the street, you know? Um, so what Mimblewimble does, it's, it's two parts. It's, it's part scaling, part privacy. Uh, on, on the privacy part, what it does is instead of the amounts being all transparent, there's just like this, this um, zero-knowledge proof that commits to kind of the, the sum of the, the coins in there and uh, the, the amounts of everything are, are not known. It's, it's just some fancy zero knowledge stuff um, that, you know, we can, we can obscure the amounts. It's called confidential transactions if you're interested in learning more. Um, but in addition to that, there's a, you know, there's a couple different things. Uh, there's also um, a, uh, we use stealth addresses. So instead of, you know, just your address being tied to each of your coins uh, on the blockchain, you can, uh, you instead use a stealth address. So each new coin, each new transaction is generated to a completely fresh address. There's no reusage of them or anything. Um, so you can't go link your old transactions easily together like that. Um, and then there's also a coin join. So um, for, for people familiar with not familiar with CoinJoin, it's basically, um, you know, you have those transactions I mentioned, which is me pointing to old coins I own, sending them to new coins. Um, what a CoinJoin is, is it takes a bunch of different people pointing to their old coins and sending to new coins. It basically just joins a bunch of transactions together to obscure whose coins are going where. Um, and so actually every block in, uh, and the Mimblewimble is just one big coin join. So we get that, you know, that, that nice privacy improvement there for free. Um, and, and in addition to that, so, uh, you know, all those, those fancy privacy features, you also have the scalability, which is um, when you spend a coin uh, in, in Mimblewimble, uh, well, for traditional Litecoin, in order to validate the blockchain from, say you want to download uh, it, the Litecoin blockchain from scratch, you have to download every transaction in history, like the, mm -hmm. the full transaction, and you have to verify it. Um, 
with Mimblewimble, the um, when you spend an output, you can actually prune uh, that. You can actually you don't need it anymore to validate it because it's it's like a big fancy sum. Yeah, you know, it's, it's this fancy, it's this fancy like just um, addition of a bunch of elliptic curve points. And when you spend like the inputs cross out outputs, so like if you spend coins, it can like completely erase that from the the big sum, and so you don't actually need all those old coins. Mm. Uh, you don't need all that old history. You do still need parts of a transaction, so like it, it's not um, it's not perfect. You still need a small portion called the kernel transaction mm. kernel, which is about a hundred bytes. Um, so it's not like an exponential improvement on 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 scalability, but it's uh, about three times three to four. Well, I guess like a, a third or a quarter of the size um, mm. initial block download. So the the initial download of a blockchain could be reduced quite significantly due to only needing small parts of, of transactions to verify the current state of the, the blockchain. So yeah, it's just a big, really big fancy. It, it really just, it's like um, tying together a bunch of old technologies that like, um, mm. that, that all the smart people um, like Greg Maxwell, Adam Back, all those people back in eons ago, back in like 2012, 2013, when Bitcoin was young, they were working on all these different ideas with uh, confidential transactions, coin joins, all these different things. And it's, it's kind of like ties a bunch of the, the, the big ones together and this really neat, like efficient protocol for, for adding privacy and, and scalability in one. Yeah, it's so it seems like it's it's like a coin join, but with some extra privacy improvements because you don't have amounts or, you know, addresses really. Mm -hmm. And then you prune a whole bunch of data so you don't need to keep that on the blockchain forever. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of like the, the quick overview of what it, it mm -hmm. sort of turns out and, like. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah. So it's not just a coin join, it's a non interactive coin join, which is huge. Mm -hmm. Because right now the problem with using a coin join is you have to like you need a man in the middle, you need to like you know, mm -hmm. wait for rounds to take place and all this stuff. And you have to, yeah. there's all this coordination to get all the parties to work together to build one big transaction. Instead with this, you just build your transaction. And then mm -hmm. it, when it's added to the block, it's joined with all the other ones. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of cool in that sense. Yeah. And so, uh, Obviously, when you prune the data, it doesn't, or you, when you don't store the data, rather, it saves storage space long term. Uh, does it store, does it save bandwidth in the immediate term? Like, are these actually like later transactions to send around, send around for like nodes to broadcast and things like that? Or are they about the same? Or maybe are they larger? So the transactions themselves are much larger. Um, they're mm -hmm. they're uh, close to, I have sizes here. Somewhere, mm -hmm. I'm kind of bad with notes, but something like two, two uh, kilobytes or something. It basically depends on the outputs, which traditionally there's like two outputs in a in a standard mm -hmm. transaction. Um, inputs are rather small, um, but yeah, it, it ends up being uh, a two or three kilobytes for a transaction, as opposed to maybe seven or eight hundred bytes for Litecoin right now. Mm -hmm. Average, I don't know the average, but I'm guessing somewhere in there. Um, but then when it becomes all, you know, when it's all spent and stuff, like historically that ends up being then about 120 bytes you need to keep around. So it's, it's quite a bit smaller piece you have to keep around. 
but for like if you're like keeping sync with the current chain and each new mm -hmm. block that comes in is you know the transactions on those the memorandum transactions are you know several times larger yeah how does it work with like spv or light wallet kind of architecture because if you run like a you know for the viewers at home right when if you run like a light wallet like a regular bubble mm -hmm. wallet you don't need to download the entire blockchain of whatever to do it and now is is it but that's also because it's like transparent and it's easy to just get like block headers or something yeah like that. it's terrible for privacy you basically say hey i own these addresses can you give me everything related yeah. to that and it, you know there's some probability mixed in but you know as as we've learned over the years it's actually terrible um mm -hmm. when you know like uh the the original not the original spv but the actual spv we implemented on in bitcoin uh turned out to be very very terrible for privacy we we pretty much are just advertising our, our addresses to some trusted server who then has the whole blockchain history and goes and looks up everything related to us and we just trust that they give us everything too it's all these issues mm -hmm. um we don't have well so there's there's some there are options for for, mm -hmm. for spd um so we can use something called a view key which would basically then bring revert your privacy at least to you know in in the eyes of of like the um, central server if you if you have a trusted central server you could give them a view key and they could look up all of the transactions um that you've ever been involved with mm -hmm. um and, and give you that just like today just like today but they you know then then they learn all the transactions you've been involved with right of course um and and if you're using mweb presumably you care about your privacy or at least maybe you don't care for the central server but other people it depends it depends what your use case is but but you know there's some other options we can um we've implemented for version 24 litecoin a uh new syncing process for, for like clients where they can download like little bits of of the uh the extension block um mm -hmm. to get well basically you have a utxo set so mm -hmm. like unspent outputs um and you can download small portions of, of each one and identify from that using your your private key whether or not it belongs to you and then you can go request it from someone else or whatever the full transaction but yeah you um you basically have different options and there's like each comes with a little trade-off do you want to, it's either downloading more data like right now you don't have to download really any transactions for for spv except the ones related to you um but for this this would involve downloading you know maybe one percent of the blockchain or something to then go through all the outputs and, and see it if they belong to you so it's more flexible in that sense we can either use the view key like before, you know which is just reverting back um or we can uh you know we can have anywhere in between those two there's there's various different options of of how you can sync it to to get your to get your transactions um but you know each comes with their own kind of trade-offs yeah. So in general, um, what are the kind of trade-offs for Mimblewimble versus like the blockchain architecture? It seems like mostly we've talked about um, a lot of like the benefits, meaning that it's like, yeah, you know, and then so, so what like are some of the, the, the trade-offs? Like why would you want to have a, transact, a transparent regular side of Litecoin and not just move all of Litecoin to Mimblewimble, for example? Right. Um, so size, we mentioned uh, current transactions like being broadcast are quite a bit larger. 
Um, mm -hmm. So that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a, that's a trade off there. You have, uh, they're, they're a little more limited scope. Our version actually isn't too bad for Litecoin. Um, pure Mimble, we're not pure Mimble Wimble. I made some mm -hmm. adjustments. Um, pure Mimble Wimble doesn't have scripts. It doesn't have like, you know, fancy smart contract options. However, they, they have Andrew Polstra and others have developed something called script with scripts, which kind of yeah. allows you to just you, takes advantage of the properties of Schnorr signatures to kind of like, um, to, to, you know, implement some kind of scripting functionality off chain basically. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, there's, yeah, there's a lot more complexity involved. Uh, so anytime you lose transparency, it's not as transparent. So let's say there's yeah. an inflation bug, something like that, which is very unlikely. The crypto primitives we use are, are fairly simple as far as zero knowledge proofs go. Um, but you know, you always have the risk of, of um, you know, some kind of un undetected inflation bug, which would go on far longer uh, on a on a private chain. Um, you have, uh, yeah, there's, it's just, uh, it's quite a bit different than, than mm -hmm. Bitcoin transactions. So like all the, all the frameworks, all the third party wallets, all the, everything that exists basically for the last 11 years of, of Litecoin's life is not really compatible with, with transacting via MWeb. So, um, it's possible that someday maybe we would 20 or 30 years from now move to, to MWeb purely, but um but you know it's it's a huge change you know so uh it's yeah the trade-offs are the lack of, of of basically available services that interact with it um the, the larger size transactions um and you know the greater complexity of protocol yeah and uh about the the transaction size thing so it seems like it is to a certain extent from a scaling solution sort of a standpoint. Um, doing MWeb transactions makes it easier to, you know, because the blockchain is smaller over time, right? The, the mm -hmm. amount the node has to stink. But it might make it harder if there's a lot of volume going through it because yeah. individual transactions are bigger. And then for propagation and et cetera, it might be a little, little trickier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it. I had verification times. I really, my notes are a mess. Um, but mm. <laughs> somewhere in here, I have verification times of like a full block. Um, and it's, uh, it's quite a bit larger than, than like, a, you know, quite a bit longer to, to validate a full MWeb block versus just a full Litecoin block. Like mm -hmm. if, if you had all the transactions in there and you had to go validate all the signatures, all the zero knowledge proofs. Yeah, it's, it's not great for scaling currently like uh for mm -hmm. for uh, scaling um like current transactions validating mm -hmm. on the go um but uh it's a lot better than a lot of the privacy um coins out there like so the, yeah. the monero approach is is awful for scaling. <laughs> um they have it's basically for every like input you have for every old coin you're you're spending um you have you end up with a huge ring signature because you know which like you basically sign a bunch of different old inputs for each input and uh it yeah it ends up being massive transactions uh, i don't know the exact numbers but like 
it, I don't know what the average is anyways, but it can, it can be 10, 20 kilobytes for a single transaction. Um, maybe even more depending on what you're doing with it. Um, there's, there's, there's all these different ways of, of implementing privacy. Um, and, and a lot of them are way, way worse for scalability. And there's some that are better for, for like scaling for current, for transaction sizes and stuff like, uh, mm -hmm. Zcash, but Zcash comes with incredible complexity at a protocol. Oh, yeah. level. You know, yeah, the 12 okay. scientists or whatever in the world that can understand it, and, you know, that's putting a lot of faith in them. Yeah, I've been using Zcash pretty heavily for over the last year or so, and there's been some wallet challenges to say the least. With the yeah, stuff. it's they always have challenges just due to just I mean, what they did was pretty groundbreaking. I mean, it's mm -hmm. impressive stuff. Uh, they I love I love the Zcash team, they're, they're uh, you know, they're they've really pushed the privacy space forward and what in the terms of what's possible but i don't know that for my daily money i want to use like the cutting edge like mm -hmm. this is the latest research crypto whatever um yeah it just seems a little risky to have a, uh, at least your net worth wrapped up in it but um yeah they, they are doing some really really cool stuff uh, but definitely like i said the complexity is is unreal and, and trying to uh to audit that kind of thing. It's, it's not yeah, easy. that definitely makes sense. Um, so another thing I heard about, um, but I've heard some conflicting things about, is the the kind of always on sort of nature of Mimblewimble, meaning that I've heard some people say you have to be online to receive a payment, for example, and I've heard other people say the opposite. That you know. So do you mind just breaking down how that that works and clearing up the confusion on that? Yeah, pure Mimblewimble, you absolutely have to be online to receive transactions. It's an interactive process where um, wallets will inter wallets will build the transaction together. There's like a three-step mm -hmm. process to sign the transaction uh, in a way that you know gives us all these properties of Mimblewimble. Um, for MWeb, uh, I came up with uh, an idea for for doing non-interactive transactions. Um, it comes with this, um, some minor like security trade-offs, uh, not practical ones, just like, you know, purist ones, but there's, um, there's like, uh, you know, someone who has access to a, an extreme amount of hash rate and wants to do like a two week reorg can, mm -hmm. um, take back like transactions they sent and it might even be more than that it might be more like a, a two month reorg can take back transactions like they previously sent to someone else that were then unspent. Like it, it's, it, it makes us, so there's this weird, you know, like, like protocol, um, imperfection. That's just, it, it's just, you know, like the, the OCD people out there like me, um, <laughs> are a little annoyed by it, but it's, uh, in a, from a practical standpoint, if you can reorg two months of the blockchain, the blockchain's broken anyway. So, you know, there's, it's not, it's not making things any worse practically. Yeah, of course. It's two month reorg will destroy whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there's like this, there's a, a an impurity in the, the security, uh, security trade, you know, the security, um, I don't know what word I'm looking for. It's like you said, it's early. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, there's, you know, other than that though, there's, uh, you know, it, we basically, maintained all the same. What did you last year? Sorry. 
did it, um, it just missed like five seconds or something. Okay. You're talking right. about, um, yeah, I can't even remember at this point, but okay, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so we we maintain the main, same properties of, of Mimblewimble, the important mm. properties of Mimblewimble, but we we were able to implement the stealth address feature I mentioned, um, mm -hmm. which does no longer requires you to be online to receive your transactions. So for for MWeb for Litecoin, we do not have that limitation. But for mm -hmm. the original Mimblewimble protocol in its purest form, as implemented like on Grin, um, mm -hmm. yeah, you have to be online, and it's a real pain. You know, I mean, Grin doesn't work very well at all for for a, yeah. And, and maybe and, and maybe with with some time, like that that can improve. Like Beam did a better job at it um, mm -hmm. of like of like making transacting easier but um it's it's just a huge huge engineering challenge like making online wallets for everything like dysfunction mm -hmm. well communicate well everything um so yeah like the one of the bigger problems with grin was was that online feature um mm -hmm. and, and so we we got rid of it we thought we were gonna have to use it first with, with mweb but mm. luckily i was able to figure out a way along the way to uh to do non interactive, it's much easier. Nice. Well, let's talk about the extension block thing first. So, mm -hmm. uh, think about. I think there's not a lot of like general knowledge out there about what an extension block is, or how does it work, or mm -hmm. can it be soft forked in, or what does that do with for miners and nodes? Do they have to choose which ones they do? All that kind of stuff. So, would you mind just going over really quick how extension blocks as like a whole work? Yes. Uh, at least, at blocks, least in this soft fork kind of implementation kind of yep. thing. Yep. So a soft fork, um, there's certain things you can soft fork into a protocol pretty easily. Segwit turned out to be not easy, but easier mm -hmm. than, than than something like Mimblewimble, which is a complete restructuring of how a transaction is, you know, what a transaction mm -hmm. is. Um, it's not something you can simply soft fork in in the traditional way. In order to do a soft fork and soft fork, just to clarify, it just means old nodes will still accept the whole, the blocks that are from like a newer soft forked um, protocol, uh, as opposed to a hard fork where old nodes won't accept those blocks and you end up with a chain split. Mm -hmm. um, so in order to soft fork in something like Mimblewimble, we have to use something of these extension blocks, which is basically an additional block for every block. So you have, you have your main block with all your normal transact, you have the Coinbase transaction, and then all the other transactions. Um, and then you have this additional block that has a different set of rules, the Mimblewimble set of rules. Um, and um, so what we do then with, with extension blocks is the last block, or the last transaction in, in the traditional block mm -hmm. is it like a commitment to this new block. So like, it's like a proof of the entire new block like it says hey this one is involved and then coins that were you know coins that are transacted on this new block uh that that last transaction will actually like move the coins from the traditional litecoin side into some special address which kind of like mm -hmm. we call it pegging in pegs into the um the extension block side to be the nimble limbo side uh so it, it's like a it's a just a an a whole new block so for every every single block of Litecoin since the time MWeb activates has 
an additional block with it with, in a completely different format, different, different um, validation rules and everything. Um, you know, that's where Mimblewimble is. That's what the MWeb is. And then we just have a, the last transaction in the block is like kind of a proof of, of all the coins in there and all of the everything. So yeah, so it's just like a, a second block that trails along with each. Yeah. And so if you run a regular old Litecoin node that doesn't doesn't mm -hmm. accept this kind of thing, um, when people are moving in and out of MWeb in there, what do you see? You see one really rich person uh, mm -hmm. with lots of coins on the last transaction of every block, but it turns out that rich person is just the MWeb block. Uh, mm -hmm. So all the MWeb coins, any coin that's being transacted on the MWeb, just shows up in this this transaction in the block, um, but you don't get any of the actual second block. You don't get any of the MWeb data there. Uh, you don't validate any of that. You don't know anything about it, uh, which is a lot like SegWit. SegWit is um, a separate. Uh, so currently, the way transactions are committed in, in Bitcoin and Litecoin is you have a Merkle proof, all the mm -hmm. transactions in there. Um, SegWit is an additional Merkle proof of all the the witnesses in there. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you don't have an upgraded node, you don't have all the witnesses, you don't need to see all the signatures and things like that. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you just get part of the block. And well, this is the same way where you just don't get the extra block uh, with all the MWeb data. You just validate the old transactions. And that... Yeah. And so, uh, so for example, if someone's, if there's a bunch of MWeb users, it just looks like a a one one person instead of a bunch of users having all those funds and yeah. um, how does the pegging in and out kind of work from the i guess like the, the user perspective from the user perspective uh so um users don't have to think about it at all um hmm. we we automatically like um you know we automatically decide and figure out in the, from the, in the wallet side, when there are enough of the coins on the MWeb side or on the Litecoin side to make a transaction. And when there's not, we automatically then move them as part of that transaction. So, um, you know, when you create a single transaction, it's, and you might think you're just sending from your wallet to an MWeb wallet, um, but there could, you could be moving Litecoin coins into it, pegging into the MWeb and then moving them. Uh, there could be many different things, or you might think you're just sending to a traditional Litecoin address, but instead it's actually taking MWeb coins that you have pegged in already, pegging them out to that address. So, you know, we kind of handle everything behind the scenes, um, mm -hmm. but, but basically in order to transa transact with coins, you've got to have the coins on the right side, you know, on the yeah, MWeb side or on the Litecoin side. And so um, the pegging in out just, just kind of handles that. Yeah. So <laughs> how many, um, how many confirmations do you need before your your coins could be considered in MWeb? Is it just like the very next block, like one? Um, for for peg-ins? Yes. Yeah, it's no different than, than current. For peg-outs, it's a bit different. Um, we require six confirmations mm -hmm. uh, because uh, if you if you peg out um, to yeah, if you have like a, a, you know, if someone pegs out coins to you, to your address, 
um, and then you see that coin on the blockchain and then you go to try to spend those. Um, mm -hmm. And then you broadcast your transaction spending those. And then there's a one block reorg. That mm -hmm. old coin um, like doesn't, it, it doesn't exist anymore. It kind of changes like, cause each peg out, um, like each, each uh, MWeb block, each, each like we call it integrating transaction. It's that transaction at the end of the Litecoin block. Um, if it changes any, then, then any transactions built after that have to be updated. Um, and so like, we don't typically see that with Litecoin, uh, because you can just like rebroadcast all the old transactions or whatever, but we have that Coinbase maturity rule. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and the reason for that is like, let's say you tried to spend a Coinbase that was just, you know, you just mined a block one block ago, try to spend that Coinbase and then it gets reorged out. Well, then that new transaction is no longer valid. It's a, it's a similar principle for, for pegging out coins where, um, you know, if you immediately tried to spend a peg out coin and there was a reorg, then the transaction you just created is no longer valid and you'd have to recreate it. Um, so we require when pegging out uh, six, six confirmations before those coins can be spent. But pegging in is, is very simple. It's just, just like normal transact. Yeah. And so with the pegging in and out, does that, is that only in your own kind of wallet and your keys? Or could you, for example, if you have only MWEP coins and I only have regular ones, could I just mm -hmm. send you some and then you receive them into your MWEP thing and like mm -hmm. one confirmation later yeah. and then vice versa as well? Um, if you have MWEP and you send it to you, you could receive them six confirmations mm -hmm. uh, because that would be a peg out. But, yeah. but yes, pegging, when you peg in, when you send from your Litecoin to my MWeb address, yes, I would receive that mm -hmm. in one confirmation. Yep. Yeah. And so we're talking about compatibility, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, obviously the, the crypto world works really slowly sometimes as far as the ecosystems. Everything's very, if you're a Bitcoin-based coin, for example, you're much more likely to be integrated into a service because just how easy it is, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but so... Uh, one thing that Zcash did in the very early days that has been a source of controversy, but also has been a source of, you know, who, who knows if it's a good idea or not, but is the transparent address thing for pure compatibility reasons. Because otherwise, no one will be able to even touch Zcash. And then, mm -hmm. so then they have the shielded and transparent types. And so basically, because of that, there's nowhere that Zcash is accepted that you couldn't interact with if you have a shielded funds, even though you might lose some of the privacy by unshielding. Mm -hmm. So is it kind of the same thing with, um, mm -hmm. with the MWeb? So let's just say you're a MWeb maxi, you just love, love the privacy, you and your five people you transact with on a routine basis are all doing this, but then mm -hmm. you got to the world and then you go to like BitRefill or something. And then mm -hmm. like BitRefill might not take, you know, just, just regular Litecoin, not MWeb. And so you mm -hmm. can just go pay a bit refill invoice from, from your MWeb um, mm -hmm. account, as it were, your, your wallet. Uh, and then it just works kind of as normal. Is that kind of correct? Mm -hmm. Except yep, that they have exactly to wait right. six, six confirmations before moving. Yeah. Space. Which everybody waits anyways, you know? Yeah. For, for, it, six confirmations, not very long. I'm like, what, 15 minutes, something like that. So, um, but yeah, yeah, there's, there's not much difference. Um, it's, out. It's pretty much the same thing as what Zcash has with their shielded, which, you know, if you're interacting with a regular Litecoin address, you're going to lose some privacy there. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah. but the privacy is not perfect anyways on MLA. You know, there's, there's mm -hmm. 
it's like a it's like an excellent you know huge improvement over bitcoin but it's not perfect it's not zcash um mm -hmm. and and so people need to be aware of that anyways you're never perfectly private when using and web or really ever perfectly private when using any yeah of course any blockchain or anything but um it, it's a very very good step in the right direction um yeah so yeah so what are the privacy I guess considerations or trade-offs of in interacting between those two worlds. So, like for example, um, like if you for the Zcash example, right? If you send a shielded transaction to a transparent address, then it'll just from for all practical purposes come from the sky, and mm -hmm. you'll see where it comes. You see where it goes, but you won't be able to see where it came from unless you do some analysis and time that someone went into the shielded pool and mm -hmm. the same amount went out and that kind of, is it basically the same kind of a thing or is there other data that kind uh, of links or what? Yes, it, it is. It is basically the same thing except for, um, like, uh, the analysis you can do is, is, you know, you can do, you can do a lot more analysis on, on M1. You can, you have a much, mm -hmm. much better chance of finding, finding some kind of path through there or something. It's not like a pure, like just dropping from the sky kind of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's, you see coins coming from the M web, uh, and you can see like that. Uh, it's just, so it's a less pure version of it. I, I don't mm -hmm. know how, I don't know a very good way to explain it, but, but yeah, um, you, when you transact on M web, all the amounts are hidden, they're all private and, um, the uh like you don't have a it's it's not easy to link mm. outputs to inputs throughout it um but like if you immediately let's say i immediately pegging peg in 10 litecoins and then like um one block later i peg out 10 litecoins like you're gonna know where that came from right or or mm -hmm. you know um or 100 litecoins whatever uh if you you know if, if you are constantly moving back and forth between mweb uh, you're not going to really get any of the privacy advantages the advantages come from uh two things which is being in the mweb and transacting mm -hmm. in the mweb and staying in that like container as long as possible uh but also having like uh, lots of other transactions in there too a larger mm -hmm. anonymity set um is is necessary to, to really benefit greatly um from from the privacy of that, uh, so the more users using MWeb each block, the more transactions to hide. And, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, as far as actual like MWeb nodes and things like that, I assume it's just a certain version of Litecoin Core onward mm -hmm. would have MWeb in it. Uh, which version is that? Two. Do you remember? Yeah, twenty one two one. 21.2.1, I think is it. Yeah. Interesting. It's so... Um, or maybe it's just 21.2, but we definitely have a couple yeah. of like minor versions then afterwards. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at um, crypto ID info and they there's 21.1 and .2 that shows up on their Node Explorer. But I'll uh, I'll do some other, other poking around offline there. But um, um, so basically those are the nodes that are running for the most part that are running... Web as well and so it's it's going to be it seems like it's probably a, a, minor, a small minority of nodes at this point right mm -hmm. I, don't think so. 
Uh, probably, uh, probably close half anyways. Um, uh, here we go. It's loading one second. Uh, we are now with more, way more than half. So we have, nice. um, uh, we have 48, 1, 75, 5, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, that's nice. So I guess I'll just stop using crypto ID because I like blockchains. Node Explorer a lot better anyway. Um, yeah. So then that's kind of um, the number of nodes that will be transacting. So like obviously the um, people talk at least it seems to be when the Mimblewimble original paper came out and Grin came out and all that kind of stuff. One of the hype killers of that time because they had a ton of hype and they just completely disappeared. Um, seems to have been like the sniffer node kind of a problem where you have some nodes that, that show up and then people yeah. seem to have read that and just said, it's broken, we're not going to touch <laughs> Just like well, the hype moved on, you know? It's crypto. We all yeah. pretend to be in it for the check, but there's very few that yeah. actually are. Um, what that, Ivan's analysis was not groundbreaking at all. Mm -hmm. It was not a surprise at all. It was not yeah. even like news to me. Um, mm -hmm. But at the time, it ended up being very, very big news, you know, very big uh, effect on me because basically a bunch of people jumped off the mobile wagon immediately. It, it was an mm -hmm. unfinished. I mean, we were, it was still in progress. It was a barely used blockchain. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you had like a couple transactions per block. And he's like, look, I can link these transactions. Like, yes, you're sniffing two transactions, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. per block. And, you know, like, we have no privacy because it's not being used. You can never hide in a small crowd. You can never hide. It doesn't matter what, like if five people are using Zcash, like mm -hmm. it's not very useful no matter how perfect the technology is. Um, and so like all he did was explain how Mimblewimble worked basically <laughs> in his big, big paper, but he did it in um, this, you know, you know scary Hollywood kind of way. style way. Um, and so everybody just panicked and freaked out, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think that's really what killed Middlewimble. That was maybe like the final nail on the coffin. But like Grim didn't take off because for two reasons. The interactive transactions suck. They're awful to use. Mm -hmm. They didn't work. They, no exchange wanted to include Grim because it, it's hard to use. And there's a lot there. And, and it's not just a protocol problem. They have they have some implementation issues, um, and and so like um, it's something that could have been solvable, uh, but like no exchange kind of wanted to touch it because it came up with a huge headache. Uh, but another thing was just their their mission and stuff. It's really really hard. They had they tried to do a super fair launch, like mm -hmm. probably the fairest ever. Um, uh, I, I know it. It's got to be the fairest launch ever because it's it's like. There's no like upfront coins. It was all like just like mm -hmm. Bitcoin and Litecoin, where it's like, you know, there's there's no VCs, no investors like getting a share of the coins. It's every block or whatever gets so many coins. Um, they tried to do like instead of just a just a pure well like tail emission kind of thing like Monero, they don't front load any of the coins. Like it's mm -hmm. one coin second forever. It ends up being like not a very good investment, you know, yeah. because it does, there's not, there's no reason to like rush into it now. 
to get a bunch of coins with the expectation it's going to go up in value um, because, you know, there's just going to keep 50 coins every block. Um, and, and so, like, um, it ended up just being a terrible investment. And, and if something isn't making someone money, it's going to die in crypto pretty quick. Of course. That's it. You know, like I said, we, we may pretend to be in for the tech, but if something's going, you know, if something can't make someone money, nobody's interested. So you're going to be building it for yourself anyways, even if you are interested in the tech, because most people are here to make money for better or worse. I think worse. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, so Grin, Grin really died, it died off. It's not, dead. it's still going, it's still the mm -hmm. cool stuff. Um, but it, it lost a type just simply because nobody can make money off of it. Nobody can get rich mm -hmm. off of it. So you don't have the few early investors pumping a bunch of money into marketing and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was no marketing budget. There was no budget for anything. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was, a, it was a neat like experiment on, can mm -hmm. we still do a Satoshi style launch of a new cryptocurrency? And the answer is no, no, we can't <laughs> not successfully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you pretty much just have to have a VC launched like scam coin that has, you know, front loads 75% of the supplies that those mm. VCs can pump up the price, you know, hundred X to get people interested, whatever. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a shame you, you know, that the Satoshi days have, are over. Litecoin was one of the last ones that could that had a successful, you know, fair launch. Mm -hmm. Um, and and yeah so yeah long story short the mimblewimble they like mimblewimble was very 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 overhyped for for what it was mm -hmm. people assumed it was like perfect privacy and scalability um and it's it's instead it's scalability improvement and mm -hmm. much better privacy than than pure but it's you know like the people made unrealistic claims about it all ivan's article really did was saying unrealistic claims are unrealistic here's what the protocol actually specifies you know which we mm -hmm. all knew all, anyone who understood middle world knew right away like how it worked, yeah of course uh, and what its limitations were um but yeah the way it goes yeah. But, yeah. but yeah so basically for like this niffer node thing seems to be a problem if there's especially too few transactions, but also too few nodes. Mm -hmm. And so if mm -hmm. like two thirds or whatever of all Litecoin nodes right now, and probably a larger share in the future are already kind of supporting this. And that's not really that much of a problem if people are, are kind of mm -hmm. trying to snoop on this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the number of nodes really doesn't make much, have much effect on, on the privacy though. Um, because, mm -hmm. All it takes is one person snooping on the MWEB transactions and recording it. So you have to assume like anything you broadcast is recorded. Um, so the only thing you can really do to improve it is one, to have a lot more people using it, a lot more transactions to obscure the history. Um, but two is to kind of join your transactions with others before ever broadcasting them broadly. Um, mm. So it's like perform, you know, the coin join is done create when creating a block. Mm -hmm. But if you want a coin join before that, you can go a traditional style, have a central server that has to be trusted, or or you have to do fancy stuff to to avoid the trust either way. But you have to have some sort of central server to to kind of aggregate them. Or there's clever ways of like 
carefully choosing who you tell it, you know, which notes to tell about your transaction or things like that. Or there's a, a, a protocol they implemented on Grin recently. It's, it's called CoinSwap. And it's, it's really cool. You have still have a central server, but it's, there's no trust involved in it. And you can like, um, mm. just, just send your outputs to it and, and it transforms them and puts them in you know completely huge mixed list of, of other coins, um, to completely, almost completely break the link between the original coins. Definitely, you know, huge, obscure, you know, obscures it quite a bit. So, yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, so do you plan on any future MWeb development work or is it just kind of there? Is there anything um, else that's cool coming down the pipeline? So V24 has a lot of the major stuff we need that's been missing. It's got um, the PSVT support, so partially signed transactions. That'll be needed if any hardware wallets want to pick up MWeb. Uh, it's got the syncing changes and... and, and um, you know, new, new peer messages that are to support like, like client syncing. Um, so that hopefully we can get more mobile wallets involved and things like that. Um, it's got view keys, which, which opens up the door for various, like different, whatever third party services to use in various ways, but it, it kind of fills in, you know, is like the, the whole MWeb development. Normally that's like a, $4 million team of, you know, mm-hmm. 10 engineers and 20 talking heads or whatever, um, to put something like that together. But it was, it was just, you know, me and a couple of the, um, community members just kind of hammer away at the code. So we, there's a lot of like, a lot of stuff that would have been in like a, you know, a VC funded kind of thing, um, that we, we just didn't have time for at the time. So we're, mm-hmm. we're backfilling adding the features we got the core protocol launched it's working well so now we're just kind of backfilling the the obvious missing pieces right now um mm-hmm. and then you know in the future uh i hope to implement coin swap or something of the sort to help improve the privacy some uh, but beyond v24 um i have no big plans right now um, so yeah yeah plenty busy as it is. So it's, it's hard to, hard to take on more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool stuff. Well, where can people follow you and then also, um, development updates and stuff like that? Oh, God. Uh, well, <laughs> on Twitter, you can follow me. Uh, I don't know. I think David Yeah. Let me recheck uh, what it yeah. was. Three, eight, you know, three, eight, David Burkett, three, eight. Yeah. Um, David Burkett, 38. Yeah. Uh, so I did, like monthly updates every month for three years. And then mm-hmm. I fell behind and it's been probably five, six months since my last one. Mm-hmm. I keep saying every week I'm going to do one this week and I haven't done it yet, but I will start at some point again. Uh, um, and you could just follow my Twitter or, or the, uh, the Litecoin talk. There's a, there's like a forum post on there that you can follow for, for the not so monthly updates. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, fantastic. Thanks for the chat and it's been very enlightening and hope you have a good one. All right. You too. Thank you.